Thank you so much. If you have God's word, I want to invite you to turn to Proverbs. We're going to Proverbs chapter 10, and we're going to be looking at verse 1 in just a moment. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that today is Father's Day. And, you know, the unique thing about having holidays like this that focuses on a particular member of the family is it really presents us with the opportunity of reconciliation. I mean, it prevents us, it presents us the opportunity that we can, you know, address relationships that maybe have gone sideways or we are able to address maybe, you know, a relationship that needs a little bit of attention. And so it gives us this opportunity to think about this particular individual here, it's fathers, and maybe firm up that relationship and make it a little bit stronger. And so I, I love that. And that's one of the reasons I pick uh, Proverbs chapter 10, looking at verse 1. As we read there, it says that a wise son brings joy to his father. That really didn't, you know, uh, ring the bell with me until probably the call. I got a call. My wife and I had been married a couple of years and we'd had our first child. And, and we were in seminary and graduate school in Kansas City. And my mom called with news. We, we knew that something was wrong with my dad's heart. He was having heart problems. We didn't know how bad the problems were. But uh, mom calls, and, and, and we could hear immediately that she was emotional and afraid. And she shared how dad's aortic uh, artery was in, in, in swol- swollen or inflamed. And, and it was likely that it might rupture and that he needed a valve replacement. And so they took my father into emergency surgery, and they gave him only a 50-50 chance. We were in Kansas City. They were in the Boise, Nampa, Idaho area. And so my wife and I immediately load up our little red Mazda B2000 pickup. That's all we had, and our little baby sitting there between us. And we made the trek 1,400 miles to Boise, Idaho, where my father was in surgery or had just had come out of surgery And I remember walking into that waiting room and seeing my mom and immediately rushing to mom and her rushing to me and the tears flowing out of her eyes as she was so emotional about the health and, of course, in the life of her husband. I mean, it was that point that I began as I sat in the waiting room that I began to to think to myself, I want to bring joy to my father. My father survived the surgery and lived like another 20 years, had another valve replacement later on. I mean, so we have a great story. He's with Jesus now. But I remember sitting there in the, the, the waiting room and thinking about how I wanted to bring joy to my father because my father had provided so much for me. He provided so much for me and, and I, I, I had a great relationship. He was like my best friend. But, you know, it reminds me of the statement. It's not so much what we leave our children that matters as much as what we leave in our children that counts. And that's what happened with my father. My father left something in me. He left character in me. He left this idea of a relationship with Jesus Christ in me. He left me something that was spiritual. And ladies and gentlemen, I love my father because he's that kind of father. In fact, I I was sitting there in the waiting room and I began to think of the the kind of father that my dad was, that he was a good father. And so I began to process this idea of what does a good father look like? In fact, I want to share with you three things that a good father does. The first thing is that a good father is a provider. (laughs) And as I sat in that waiting room, I began to think how my father provided me with all the essentials, right? He provided me with food. He provided me clothes on my back. He he provided a roof over my head. I mean, I never went hungry. My father provided me with money and then more money and then more money. Right. That's what dads do. Moms do that, too. And they just provide all these things and all these essential, you know, items that we need to be raised. And I praise the Lord that I had a father that took care of me. 
And I do not, you know, take that just for granted because I know that some of us, maybe we did not have a father. Maybe we have a father figure in our life like an uncle or, or somebody else that filled that role. But I'm, I'm so thankful that I had a father that provided for me. But, you know, more than just the essentials, my father provided something more, something more important. Probably the most important thing that a father should provide. And you know what that is? I, I think you know what it is. The most important thing that a father should provide is love. And I'm not talking about the touchy, you know, feely kind of love where, you know, there's lots of hugs and kisses and we were an emotional family and and we did touch a lot. But, man, the kind of love that my dad provided for me was beyond just the touchy feely. It was a father that was present in my life. You want your kids to love you, be present in their life. You want your kids to love you, then let them know how much you love them by by paying attention to their life and what they're doing. I'll never forget, I was about 15 years of age and I was playing varsity baseball. And because of only being a sophomore, 15 years of age, I was riding the bench a lot. I love baseball and I love to play it, but, but I just was not getting a lot of play time. And, and we were going to play one of the more difficult teams in Twin Falls, about a two and a half hour drive from Boise, Idaho. And I told my dad that we were traveling up there for a game. And, and my dad owned a restaurant and he had business meetings and all kinds of things to attend to. And I said, Dad, do not bother coming. Don't worry about coming. Well, we got there and unloaded the bus and we got our uniforms on and we began to practice and the game started. And lo and behold, I look in the stands and my father had made the two and a half hour drive just on the chance that I might get to bat once. Just on the chance that I might get to play, you know, for one inning. And my dad was there. And folks, I cannot remember a game that my father ever missed. I praise the Lord that I I had a father that provided not just the essentials, but he provided for me much greater than that. He provided me for this love, this love that is so important. No wonder we read in in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life because we have that kind of Father in heaven. We have the kind of Father in heaven that provides for us not just the essential things in life, and he will do that just as he takes care of the birds of the air. God will take care of you. But God also provides for us his presence in our life. He provides for us such love that he becomes flesh and he dies for us. This is the kind of father in heaven that we celebrate this morning, the forgotten father. Because oftentimes we forget the kind of father that God is. Yes, he is our creator and he is God and we honor him. But he is also our father. (laughs) Amen. And I don't know what you're going through right now in life, but maybe you need to hear that, that there is a father today who loves you. So, so a father is a provider. That's the first thing I learned. You know what the second thing I learned was? Is that a father loves you when nobody else does. Isn't that right, Matt? A father loves you when nobody else does. It's true. Moms and dads love you, zits and all. <laughs> Even if we wear crazy face masks. Moms and dads love us. And, and I, I, I praise the Lord for that. I, I had a father that loved me no matter what. <clears throat> This might be a surprise, but in elementary school, I wasn't very big. I kind of, I was a pipsqueak. And uh, I remember being the smallest kid in school, uh, at least in my class, that the kids would sometimes pick on me, right? And they'd make fun of me and they'd laugh at me. And all of us as kids, we'd go through that sometimes. But I remember coming home and having the kind of father that said to me, like, Tony, you're great. 
Tony, I believe in you. And it's like almost the surreal bubble I was surrounded or I lived in because my dad painted such an awesome picture about what my life was going to be like because I was valued by my father in heaven. I had the kind of father that loved me no matter what, when I felt less than what I really was. And when I felt really small in my self-esteem, I was struggling through that. I had a dad that began to lift me. And give me blessing because I knew he was a father that loved me. The father in heaven was reflected in my father on earth. Get that, dads. Our father in heaven was reflected on the behavior of my father on earth. In fact, we have a father that is a lifter, just as my dad was a lifter and a believer of me. We have a father in heaven that's a lifter of us. Amen. I think of Psalms 23 and we go through that passage there and it just defines the kind of father that we have. We have we have a father when we read Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want because God is a provider. He provides for us at every step of the way. He helps us lie down in green pastures and by still waters because when the world is going nuts. We have a God that wants to be present and peaceful in our lives. Do you believe that? We have a God in heaven that protects us with his rod and staff. And he walks with us in the deep, dark valley of this society and the world that we live. And yes, we lament as we began this morning and we recognize the injustices. But hallelujah, we have a God that is just. And we recognize that in Psalms chapter 23. We have a a God that protects us from the enemy. And the enemy would be those obstacles, those huge obstacles that we face in life. And maybe you're going through some, you know, difficult things right now and you're facing some obstacles. But we have a father in heaven that walks with us through the obstacles. He, He is a father that leads us on paths of righteousness. This means this is a father that guides us. He shows us the way. He says, this is the way. This is the father in heaven that we worship today. Amen. This is exciting because we probably most of us excited to get back to church and to worship. We're worshiping that father. Sometimes the forgotten father. He is the father that is present. The father that is real. He is the father that loves us. Zits and all. When nobody else does. The father makes a difference. I love visiting Zephyr House uh, uh, some time ago. And I never forget how Robert took that like a bulldog with a bone. I said, Robert, here's an opportunity. Here's a, a veteran housing space. And we want you to minister and start a service over there. And he grabbed a hold of that. And Robert, Pastor Robert, raise your hand. And he started that ministry. And he's hung in there. He's doing an awesome job. I'm proud of Robert. And I I enjoyed the experience I had in one of the services. Robert was preaching and I was talking to one of the gentlemen after the service is over. And I loved listening to his life story and talk about, you know, being on the bottom of the barrel. I mean, this guy knows what it means to live at the bottom of the barrel. He lived on the streets. and, And then as I spoke with him, there was this twinkle in his eye, one of his worshipers. There was this twinkle in his eye, and the twinkle in his eye happened when he said, Pastor, these are becoming the best days of my life. You know why? Because he's getting connected to the Father. He's getting connected to the Father, and the Father, his creator in heaven, is making all the difference in the world. So a father, yes, a father loves you when no one else does. And you know what the last thing is? The last idea is that the Father, he preaches the truth.
The Father speaks the truth. This is the unadulterated truth. This, this is a truth that is not camouflaged because it is the truth that the Father wants to share with his children because he loves his children. And because he loves his children, he will, he will take the risk and he will even do it when it's difficult and, and when it hurts. And, and as far as fathers go, I, I, I need to say this, we fall short. I mean, I'm just like everyone else. As a father, we fall short. Amen? And so I guess what I want to say to you, children, is give your fathers a break. (laughs) Give them another chance. Remember, this this is an opportunity for reconciliation. It's an opportunity to firm up the relationship that needs to be firmed up. And, And maybe it's possible that you've been a little bit, you know, away from your dad. But remember this, this passage In Scripture, we read, raise up a child in the way they should go. See, if not, they return to it in their old age. Well, do you realize this, that your father is a child? And maybe God is working on them. And so I say to you, give your father a break. And maybe give him another chance. Maybe it's time. Maybe God has been shaping him and changing him. And then I want to say something to the fathers. Fathers, here it is. Don't try to be your kid's buddy. Don't try to be your, your, your child's best friend. Be their dad. Because God gave them you to be their dad. And they need a dad. And they need a dad to be that representative of the image of God in their life. And what is right and wrong. And speak the truth. And, and in fact, we look at the word of God. The, the good father speaks the truth. And in the word we read in Psalm, I, the Lord, speaks the truth. Zechariah, we read, we're to speak the truth to each other. And then remember in John, Pontius Pilate asked, what's the truth? And so we have this conundrum. We, are, we have ears but not wanting to hear. And so this idea that sometimes, okay, yeah, that's the truth, but not willing to speak the truth or, or, or respond and hear what it is that, that God is wanting to say. In fact, in 1 John, it later admonishes that we're not to lie, but live by the truth. We're not to lie, but live by the truth. It's interesting we think about the Apostle. I mean, the Apostle Paul, as he did ministry in the New Testament and and the cycles of life of that ministry and and how he had to deal with theology and and intellectualism and how there was crisis in one church and then another church. And he writes his letters and he goes through, you know, the issues that were being addressed at each church. But at the very end, at the end of the letter, what the Apostle Paul does, folks, every time he becomes a proclaimer of the truth of the word of God. He becomes a proclaimer of truth of who Jesus Christ is. And that's how Paul begins to wrap it up, is he speaks the truth. Unlike the old watchman that was at a a railroad crossing years ago, probably many, many years ago, 80 years ago, the dawn of cars. Before there was electricity, you know, in those railroad crossings and roads out in the country. And they hired watchmen to hold a lantern and swing the lantern when a train was approaching the crossing. Well, there was an accident and a car was struck by a train and somebody was hurt. And so the case went to court and the railroad company was being sued. And so the judge called the watchman to the witness stand to ask him if he waved his lantern that night when the train was approaching the crossing and the car went ahead across the tracks and got struck. Did you wave the lantern? Did you wave the lantern? And the watchman said, yes, sir, I waved it and I waved it. Well, the railroad company, they won the case 
And uh, afterwards, they were complimenting the watchman for his straightforward testimony, you know, and and, uh, just doing a really good job. And the watchman kind of smiled and said, well, I sure was mighty afraid those men in suits were going to ask me if the wick in my lantern was lit or not. (laughs) Because the fire had gone out. And it was just a half-truth that he told See, this is not a time for half-truths in our world. Are you noticing that? This is not a time for half-truths. It's time for the fire. It's time for the passion to burn and the passion to be the best father that we can, to be the very image of God and reflect that image. This is a time that the, the fire of faith burns bright in our heart and our lives this morning. I believe that. Amen. And I don't know what you've been going through. What you're facing right now, but I know this, that God loves you. He wants to be a part of your life and he wants that fire to burn bright in your heart today as you recognize your father in heaven. We're so thankful for those of us that's had father figures in our life. The impact that maybe a father or mothers, sometimes today mothers fill that role. And we recognize that. I honor that. But you see, the father... That makes all the difference is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Let's talk to him. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness today. I thank you, Lord, that, that you are our Father. You're God, and so we honor you. But, Father, we thank you for being present. We thank you, Father, for being our provider. We thank you, God, for loving us when no one else does. And, Father, I pray for that that fire in our heart that it would be lit and that Father that we would be honest with ourselves that we would be truthful and that Lord that if we need to say something to you that we would do that that we would confess to you Father to make this relationship with you right because Lord you're so very important to us maybe this is a moment again for reconciliation to firm up a relationship that we have with somebody that we love that's been that father figure to us so maybe a phone call might be made a word spoken a note written help us father guide us lord lord to be all that you've called us to be we thank you for that i thank you for just answered prayer this moment that we have to worship we love you jesus we worship you thank you for our fathers we ask all these things in jesus christ's name Amen.